There is no one-size-fits-all approach to drawing up and implementing a climate change strategy. There can, however, be best practices. And now, as investors move forward in implementing their response to climate change, the steps commonly followed include integrating strategy and policy, integrating in practice, reporting, and target setting. Now, each step has a focus on a specific group or audience and engaging with a specific framework or initiative. To help us understand the frameworks and investors, companies, and broader society involvement, we have Sagarika Chatterjee, Director of Climate Change at Principles for Responsible Investment, or PRI, and David Harris, Global Head of Sustainable Finance at London Stock Exchange Group. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Really delighted to be here with you, Kisa and David. Yes, no, thank you for having us. So first of all, we talked about some of these frameworks, David, and we're aware this can be a bit of an alphabet soup. So if you can give us an overview of the frameworks, including who they're for, what's the audience for each? I think you're absolutely right. A lot of, a lot of investors are now taking action on climate, uh, also wanting to try and collaborate, work with others and understand the whole myriad of different initiatives and frameworks that are out there. And um, I think to help them try and navigate this, what, uh, what we at LSEC did with uh, PRI was we developed a, a joint um, paper and an outline of all of the different initiatives. So this is the Investor Guide to Climate Collaboration. It covers all of the the main initiatives, so Race to Zero, uh, GFANS, which stands for the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, um, the initiatives that make that up, you know, the Net Zero Asset Manager Initiative, the, the Net Zero Asset Owner Alliance, the, um, uh, we've also got, uh, uh, and others, there's also the Transition Pathway Initiative, uh, the Climate Action 100 Plus, the Paris Aligned Investment Initiative, the Investor Agenda. We've also got initiatives and collaborative groups like the Institutional Investors Group on Climate Change, which is behind some of this work, but also, you know, also their equivalent in, in the US um, in North America with um, INCR, the Investor Network on Climate Risk. So, and there are many more besides. So what this, what this guide aims to do is show, uh, to outline each of these initiatives, but also how they fit together. And uh, what we what we felt would be helpful would be able to give investors really a framework for action and then understanding the different initiatives through that through that more kind of action orientated framework. And that framework's really divides into four parts. The first part, A, is the investment process, how to integrate climate into climate policy, into strategy, how to integrate it into the, you know, into the little fabric of, 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 of the investment approach. The second part, B, is engagement. So this is um, not only kind of engagement with um, underlying corporate issuers um, and, uh, and other issuers. It can also be about policy advocacy as well and how to collaborate around that and also how to, how to, you know, how to link this into the, that direct engagement with investee companies. Uh, part C is disclosure, and that's um, about... Uh, Disclosure in terms of an investor's own approach and being able to disclose to the markets um, based on uh, TCFD, so this is the Task Force on Climate Related Financial Disclosure, 
TCFD on one hand covers the types of disclosure that companies should be making, but it also provides a kind of disclosure that um, investor and finance sector organisations should be, should be providing as well. Um, and then um, last but not least, uh, we have target setting. And this is actually really relevant through each of the other areas. But actually, what does um, what does net zero target setting look like? Um, um, what, what's the basis of, of setting good targets? Um, and and so across each of these four categories, you know, they interlink into different existing collaborative investor initiatives. So all the guide does is it really knits that all together, highlights you know, how, they fit, how the different initiatives stack up against those four action areas. And I think provides, hopefully, a good way for investors to start to navigate this. So that's great information, a really good outline in terms of what each of those areas are. And if we want to dive into specifics around some of the initiatives, um, I'd love to first speak about specific steps for action with Race to Zero, that campaign, and GFAN. So, Sagarika, could you take us through that? Yeah, sure. So what is Race to Zero? It's a global campaign um, that is supported and led by the United Nations. And it's got a very strong focus on the Paris Agreement and COP26, which is the big conference of all of the governments that have said they're in the Paris Agreement. And COP26 is happening in November 2021, hosted by the UK in Glasgow. So Race to Zero is a way to bring together all of the actions that everyone who isn't a government but is incredibly important are taking. So it includes over 400 cities, over 2,000 businesses, over um, 160 financial firms, universities, um, healthcare organisations. It's the largest kind of coalition of non-state actors. Now, to be a part of the Race to Zero campaign, you need to commit to taking action and demonstrate you're taking it. And so the campaign requires that any organisation that wants to be a part of it joins an initiative that involves pledging to reach net zero in the 2040s um, or sooner or by mid-century at the latest, setting out a plan, ideally in advance of COP26, on what steps will be taken on net zero, particularly in the short and medium term, taking action and then committing to reporting on progress annually. Now, that's at a high level. There's actually a load of kind of good practice, detailed criteria around things like scopes to be covered, um, offset, a whole range of areas. So the main benefit of joining is you get to be a part of the UN COP26 official Race to Zero campaign. And that campaign and those who are in it will be profiled in November in Glasgow for two reasons. One is to rally up um, more rapid emissions reductions from everyone that isn't a government, because we're all incredibly important to this, can't be governments alone. But the second reason is to inspire governments um, so that they look at what businesses in the finance sector are doing and they can see that the real economy is moving and that they should also take more rapid and urgent and ambitious action. Now, the different initiatives that are in Race to Zero, um, so the ways you can join it, already exist. They include one for acetoners, 
um, the UN convened Net Zero Acetone Alliance um, for Asset Managers, the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative. And there are more um, that are shortly going to be joining Race to Zero. So there'll be an insurance alliance that focuses on underwriting and others we expect. So you asked me, Kiesa, about the Glasgow Financial Alliance. What is that? Well, that brings together all of these Race to Zero finance initiatives and tries to take the approach of saying, okay, well, how do we get everyone in the financial system, the whole finance sector, to work together on net zero? So they make their own commitments depending on what kind of a finance sector actor they are, asset owner, asset manager, stock exchange, and then come together to coordinate. And the reason for coming together is quite simple. We can't have completely different versions of what good looks like in terms of net zero. Um, We need to all roughly, roughly agree on how we're going to get to net zero. So what are the sector pathways? What are the technologies? What policy changes do we need? What signals are we giving back to corporates, whether we're lending to them or we're investing in them? And so this coalition, the Glasgow Financial Alliance, coordinated and stewarded by Mike Carney and the high level champions, is going to strategically coordinate towards COP26. And there'll be a few deliverables that come out of it, but I'll stop there for now, Kiza. So that's really a great summary and indication of how these things are playing out. And you mentioned some of the urgency that we're looking at, you know, the 2030s, mid-century at the latest for some of these. In terms of the initiatives, it sounds like some of them have been around for a while. I'm just wondering what the timelines are. So you talked about the Paris Agreement, which we know has been around for a while. We talked about COP26, which is coming up the end of this year. Are there some really concrete, tangible um, objectives that have already been met um, or that we're looking at meeting in the very near term? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. So some of the initiatives have been around since 2018. Obviously, I mean, people in the space have been taking action for some time. We've had many leaders and pioneers across different geographic markets. Um, but nevertheless, all of the net zero initiatives that are established in the part of Race to Zero are relatively nascent. So there's an important component to that is we all need to work together um, because this is very, very difficult. Uh, we don't have all of the methodologies. We're piloting, we're pioneering, we're building prototypes. So I think that's a very important component. So in the near term, between now and COP26, we'll have the G20 um, finance ministers tracks uh, meeting uh, together in Venice. There's going to be a climate conference around mid July. That, I think, could be another kind of mini moment um, where we bring together private finance with some of the official sector or finance ministries um, staff to talk about how how do we take greater action towards um, COP26 and beyond. And some of the topics that will be coming out of the Glasgow Financial Alliance will be how do we bring in more people from the finance sector into the net zero um, journey and pathways that we're on. What kind of convergence can we get around sectoral net zero pathways? How can we advance further on portfolio alignment metrics? And TCFD has got a consultation underway um, right now. And then what kind of mobilization of capital could we have to assist emerging markets and low-income countries in climate solutions? And then finally, 
what kind of messaging and com- communications could we have back from the finance sector to the real economy, to clients, to corporates and to policymakers in terms of what we in the finance sector need to see happening? So these are some of the things that I think we'll start see coming out between now and um, Glasgow, November 2021. And then I'd expect in Glasgow in 2021 that we'll see a subset of really innovative, um, ahead of the game finance players actually announcing what are their 2025 targets, what are their 2030 targets, and clarifying what exactly they need policymakers to do so they can go even faster and implement their commitments at scale. Great, thank you for that. And if you could take us into the objectives of TPI and CA100+, David, that would be great. Absolutely. So these are um, collaborative investor initiatives um, set up initially by by asset owners uh, to provide a basis of consistent climate analytics, particularly to use for for corporate engagement. And the idea is is that for investors to become very joined up um, in how they're assessing and how they are um, engaging companies in terms of developing credible climate strategies. Uh, So TPI, which stands for the Transition Pathway Initiative, um, is also backed by the London School of Economics Grantham Institute to provide the kind of the academic rigour behind it too. Um, Essentially, kind of two scores that come out of that. One is a a TPI management quality score, which looks at how effective, um, how good a strategy and the governance is uh, for a company around climate. So, which actually links back to some of those uh, TCFD, that's the Task Force on Climate Related Financial Disclosure um, indicators. So it covers things like, you know, has the company identified that climate is a you know, significant and strategic issue? Is it got senior accountability? Is it um, reporting on its emissions? Is it setting targets? Is it linking this into executive remuneration? Is, has it got an internal price of carbon? And basically, the more of these does it, the higher the score the company gets. Um, it's all very transparent. All the data is also available on the London School of Economics website. So you can see precisely which indicators each company is meeting. The second part is a climate performance score, which looks at the targets that a company has set and whether those are aligned with the level of decarbonisation that's required to achieve one and a half degrees or two degrees of temperature warming. So based on the level of decarbonisation that an industry needs to achieve, how good is the company's targets? That also feeds into into Climate Action 100 Plus. Uh, TPI has probably around over $20 trillion of of assets under management behind it in terms of its members. C100 Plus is even bigger. You get it to over $50 trillion there. And it's 100 plus because it's started off with the 100 most systemically important companies on climate change. It's plus because I think it's it's now uh, closer to 200 companies. Much of the TPI data feeds into it, but also data from other sources as well. And that provides, as I said, a kind of a basis for consistent engagement to encourage companies to improve. So there's a there's a there's a uh, available CA 100 plus benchmark. Um, I should say also FTSE Russell data feeds into both TPI and C100 plus as well. And we got comfortable with that being being available to everyone. And that's also available on the Climate Action 100 plus uh, website. Uh, so the idea is to get join, join up investors in the way that they're collaborating and, and engaging companies on um, on taking action on climate. Great information there. Thank you. I know that um, June 29th is a big day, a really big day. And so, Sakarika, would love to get your thoughts on and just get your your input 
on the PRI LSAG event on June 29th in terms of what type of information could we expect to be shared? Who will be the audience and will we be able to take actions based on that information that's shared? Yeah, great. Thanks. So, you know, um, London Stock Exchange Group and PRI, we've really tried to focus on implementation, practical guidance, how are we going to get there? And a big part of the puzzle with getting to net zero as soon as we can is climate data. This comes up all the time across different geographies. So on 29th of June, we're really delighted. We're going to have a full dedicated webinar that's just focusing on climate data. And we're going to have um, contributions from uh, GPIF, so one of the largest investors in the world, and from the Asia-Pac region. We're also going to have contributions from US Treasury, who are obviously looking at SEC and climate disclosure, as well as having um, contributions from New Zealand Super um, and various thought leaders and experts in this space. The kind of topics we're going to be looking at are what, where exactly are we in terms of climate data standards uh, reporting today? Um, where do we need to go? And then we're also going to look at what exactly do investors need to see from regulators in this space, as they obviously hold the key to unlocking a lot of consistency, reliability around um, financial disclosures and meaningful data that investors will need. Unless we get this climate data, and we know we can't get it overnight, we're always going to have challenges in understanding exactly where are corporates in terms of um, net zero and getting beyond you know, some of the high-level commitments to really understanding how well-placed their businesses are. Thank you for that. And my last question, David, what are the expectations around the TCFD and role, the role of exchanges right now? There's actually going to be two interconnected events on the 29th of June. So there's the event that Sankarika just took you through now, which is part of the LSEG PRI investor action on on climate COP26 series, but there's also um, a, a pre-event, and that pre-event is a UN Sustainable Stock Exchanges event. It's co-hosted by London Stock Exchange and Johannesburg Stock Exchange, as we have been uh, co-chairing a working group of and collaboration of exchanges around the world to develop model climate reporting guidance based on TCFD data points. As TCFD provides you know, the main global standard for, for, for climate reporting. And so the whole concept here is that exchanges sitting between companies and investors are ideally placed to play a big role in helping drive higher quality, more consistent global climate data that investors so need, as we've been discussing, to be able to help reallocate ca capital. And so um, although there's a whole variety of different initiatives going on to try and take forward um, TCFD reporting, including by the International Financial Reporting Standards uh, Body, who's setting up a sustainability standards board, um, actually exchanges can, can start to take action now. So on the 29th, we will be launching the model climate guidance. And the idea here is that each exchange, and it's been developed by exchanges for exchanges, can then take that guidance and then they can then top and tail it and publish it in their own markets. And we hope that this will really help and provide a lot of the, you know, the underlying data that is so desperately needed and help really accelerate all of this, um, even ahead of a lot of the expected regulation around TCFD, which, which will come into, um, into effect over upcoming years in a number of countries. 
Great. And it sounds like all of this really points to a high level of partnership in terms of engagement. It also points to um, investors taking action and wanting to engage with others. As you mentioned, Race to Zero, a global campaign led by the UN, um, but really focused on those um, non-stakeholders, um, some of the largest coalition of those 400 cities, <laughs> 2,000 um, businesses, financial services firms, healthcare firms. So Again, that level of partnership being raised. Um, we talked about a lot about the net zero initiatives, though they may be nascent at this point, that really points to the need for these stakeholders to work together. So all sorts of mobilization efforts there in terms of the messaging that we can deliver from the financial services sector to the real economy about what the financial services sector needs to see happening. Really looking at what kind of mobilization of capital is needed to assist in emerging markets, which I know is something that's being discussed a lot right now, um, TPI and the Climate Action 100 Plus. What a huge, first of all, um, assets under management there is huge for, from both of the areas with TPI really looking at how good strategy and governance um, can be used and distributed. Um, several items such as senior accountability, senior level accountability is very important in terms of governance, um, the internal price of carbon, etc. And Climate Action 100 Plus over $50 trillion assets in the management, management, my goodness, that's a lot, um, looking at some of the most systemically important companies related to climate change, which I know is going to be huge in terms of delivering that messaging that we talked about. So we all um, know the importance of climate data and the importance of getting to net zero, and it looks like the exchanges will definitely be playing a higher role in terms of the higher quality of climate data that's going to be distributed, and then with the um, partnership that London Stock Exchange has with the Johannesburg Stock Exchange in developing that model climate reporting guidance based on TCFD is definitely a way to get us there. Um, Sagarika, David, amazing information. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks very much, David. Uh, Thank do you. Encourage, also, do encourage everybody to, you know, to do register for those events. That, that, the launch of the model guidance also features Mark Carney. We've got some great speakers, also, as Sagarika said, for the, for the PRI LSEG events. Um, and it would be, you'd be, it's free to join and um, easy to register. So do, do come along. Thank you so much. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. You can even check us out on YouTube now. Thank you for joining. See you next time.